little girl gone, got the gun from a gangsta. Run, little girl, run, little girl, bang. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck and I will be your hostess with the mostest. And we are here with the Nooner. We're with the Nooner. We're on the Nooner today. Today we got the Nooner. Hi, Sonia. Sonia's backstage, not making videos, just keeping her mouth shut. She's just keeping, she's keeping it shut. It's all good. We're going to be all good. Audie, welcome to live. It's good to see you. And Raysa and Angie Barnes. And is it Rayleigh? Am I saying that right? I like your dog picture. I've got a French bulldog who kind of looks like a pug, sort of. Neil, welcome to the live. It's good to see you. Conservative Sweets and Mopar. Nick, Sienna, Lisa, welcome to the live. You guys, I hope it's going okay. I hope you guys are having the best day. Today is Tuesday, and we are going to talk about a whole bunch of things. And so I've got a whole bunch of things that we're going to cover today. The first thing that I've got is Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk. So Elon Musk... <laughs> Elon Musk, who's been kind of a point of my content the last, like since yesterday, a couple of days with the the new labels on Twitter. And I find them funny. Hello. Um, but he sat down with Tucker Carlson in a two night special, like a two night interview where they talked about the dangers of AI. They talked about his relationship with the owner of Google. They talked about Twitter and the ups and downs of Twitter and all this, all the stuff, right? They talked about all the things. Hello, Daryl. It's good to see you. The show is new to you. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, they talked about all the things. So I grabbed some of the highlights from that. So we're going to watch those and we're going to talk a little bit. Elon has also been kind of on a rampage on Twitter. <laughs> and the trolling, the trolling that Elon does is, is, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a thing of beauty, but I'm not going to, like, I get it. Yeah. Sonia's not, like, I get it. Like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a person you take to funerals, right? I, when I get, I laugh at uncomfortable situations. And so his kind of humor is kind of like Trump's kind of humor too. Uh, I didn't mind the mean tweets. I thought I get why people don't like him, you know, because oh, he is really brazen and, and he calls things out. But on the other side of it, me personally, I think it's hilarious. And, and Elon's trolling is kind of at that very same level. And so we're going to talk about that, especially when it comes to the media. But the first thing we're gonna do is I'm going to go through some of these highlights a little bit. And the first one is Elon and Google and kind of AI and that kind of thing. You yeah, stripped the New York Times of their of their badge, and then you called them diarrhea. You called them diarrhea. <laughs> you did, you did. I'm just I'm just quoting you. Yes. You described their Twitter feed as diarrhea. I, I said it was the Twitter equivalent Twitter equivalent of diarrhea. Okay, it's not literally diarrhea, but no, no it's a yeah. you know, it's a metaphor. Um, <laughs> the degree to which our various government agencies had effectively had full access to everything that was going on on Twitter uh, blew my mind. Um, I was not aware of that. Would that include people's DMs? Uh, yes. So we've, we've got a, a huge push uh, on Twitter to be as truthful as possible. We've got this uh, community notes feature, which is great. It um, is great. It is awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's like... I saw it this morning. Yeah. It was far more honest than the New York Times. It's, it's great. Yeah. We put a lot of effort to ensuring that community notes does not get gamed or, or have biases. Uh, it is simply cares about what, what is the most accurate thing. Um, and, you know, sometimes truth can be a little bit elusive, but you, yes. but you can still aspire to get closer to it. Yes. Um, uh, you know, and so, um, and, and I think the, the effect of uh, community notes uh, is more powerful than, than people may realize, because once people know that they, they could get noted, 
um, you know, community noted on Twitter, then uh, they'll think the, more carefully about what they say. Uh, they are likely, it, basically, it's an encouragement to be more truthful and less deceptive. Significant role in elections, not just domestically, but internationally. The goal of new Twitter is to be um, as fair and even-handed as possible, uh, so not favoring any political uh, ideology, uh, but uh, just um, yeah, be, being being uh, being fair at all. Why doesn't uh, Facebook do this? I know that Zuckerberg has said, and I take him at face value, that he. <laughs> I, I, well, I do, I do actually in this way that he is a kind of old-fashioned liberal who doesn't like to censor. He has, but he, you know, like, why wouldn't a company like that take the stand that you have taken, which is pretty rooted in American traditional political custom, you know, for free speech? My understanding is that um, Zuckerberg spent uh, $400 million in the last election nominally in a get-out-the-vote campaign, but really fundamentally in support of Democrats. Is that accurate or not accurate? That is accurate. Yes. Does that sound unbiased to you? No, it doesn't. Yes. So you don't see hope that Facebook will approach this as a, a, a non-aligned arbiter. You've allowed Donald Trump back on Twitter. He hasn't taken you up on your offer because he's got his own thing. Right. Do you think he will go back on Twitter? Well, that's that's obviously up to him. Um, you know, my, my, my job is to, uh, I, you know, I, I take freedom of speech very seriously so it uh, back when it was a non-profit yes um, I mean the the, the, the reason uh, OpenAI exists at all is that um, Larry Page and I used to be close friends and I would yes. stay at his house in Palo Alto and I would talk to him late into the night about uh, AI safety and at least my perception was that Larry was not taking uh, AI safety uh, seriously enough, um, and um, what did he say about it? He really seemed to be one um, once once sort of a digital super intelligence, basically digital god, if you will, uh, uh, as soon as possible. Um, he wanted that. Yes, he's, he's made many public statements over the years uh, that, that the whole goal of Google is uh, what's called AGI, artificial general intelligence, or artificial super intelligence. No, and I, and I agree with him that the, there's great potential for good, um, but there's also potential for bad. And so if, if you've got some um, radical new technology, you want to try to take a set of actions that maximize probably it, it will do good and minimize probably it will do bad things. Yes. Um, it, it can't just be health leather. Let's just go, you know, barreling forward and, you know, hope for the best. And then at one point uh, I said, well, what about, you know, who we're going to make sure humanity's okay here? Um, <laughs> and 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 um, uh, and then he called me a speciesist. Uh, <laughs> did he use did he use that term? Yes. And there were witnesses. I wasn't the only one there when he called me a speciesist. And so I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, I've yes, I'm a speciesist. Okay, you got me. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm fully a speciesist. Um, busted. Um, <laughs> So um, that was the last straw. At the time, uh, Google uh, had acquired DeepMind, and so Google and DeepMind together had about three-quarters of all the uh, AI talent in the world. They obviously had a tremendous amount of money. And So 
They called him a specious. And and everybody in the comments over here is saying, like, is he an alien? Does he have a chip? I think if he's anything, he's an alien. And he said it multiple times on Twitter. He's like, look, I'm an alien and nobody believes me. Like, nobody will listen. I don't understand. Like, big sad faces. Possibly he looks like an alien. He sounds kind of like an alien. It is possible. Um, they talked an awful lot about uh, whether or not Donald Trump's going to come back to Twitter. I, I don't anticipate him coming back to Twitter unless something happens with truth social, which I still am not on. Um, but some more to come on, on that. So I've got another one and this one goes more into depth of the Google stuff. And a lot of people are commenting about AI and, and AI needs a healthy dose of fear. I don't think, I don't think AI is something we need to fear, like in a lose sleep kind of way, but artificial intelligence, you have to have a healthy dose of respect and, and fear of it because, and he's going to talk about this in this next video because of the the way that it could potentially just take over without the correct safeguards in place and we're going to play that now so all of a sudden ai is everywhere people who weren't quite sure what it was are playing with it on their phones is that good or bad yeah so i've been um thinking about ai for a long time since i was in college really um it was one of the things that the sort of four or five things i thought would really uh, affect the future dramatically it, it is fundamentally profound in that the the, the smartest creatures, as far as you know, on this earth are humans, um, is our defining characteristic. Yes. Um, we're obviously uh, weaker than, say, chimpanzees, and less agile, um, but we are smarter. So uh, now what happens when something uh, vastly smarter than the smartest person uh, comes along in silicon form? Uh, it's very difficult to predict what will happen in that circumstance. It's called the singularity. It's you know, a singularity like a black hole because yes. you, you don't know what happens after that. It's hard to predict. So I think we should be cautious with uh, AI um, and we should, I think there should be some government oversight uh, because it affects, the, it, it's a danger to the public. And so when you, when you have things that are a danger to the public, uh, you know, like let's say, um, so food, food and drugs. That's why we have the Food and Drug Administration right. and the uh, Federal Aviation Administration, uh, the FCC. Uh, we have we have these agencies to oversee things that uh, affect the public, where there could be public harm. Um, and you don't want companies cutting corners uh, on safety, um, and then having people suffer as a result. So. Uh, that, that's why I've actually for a long time been a strong advocate of uh, AI uh, regulation. Um, so that I think regulation is, uh, f you know, I, I, it's, it's not fun to be regulated. It's, it's sort of, sort of uh, somewhat of a, somewhat arduous to be, to be, to be regulated. Um, I have a lot of experience with regula re regulated industries because obviously uh, automotive is hi highly regulated. You could fill this room with all the regulations that uh, are required for a production car just in the United States. And then there's a whole different set of regulations in Europe and China and the rest of the world. So uh, very familiar with being overseen by a lot of regulators. Um, and the same thing is true with rockets. You can't just willy-nilly you know, shoot rockets off, not big ones anyway. Because um, the FAA is, uh, oversees that, um, and then even to get a launch license, you, there, there are probably ha half a dozen or more uh, federal agencies that need to approve it, uh, plus state agencies. So it's it, I, I've been through so many regulatory uh, situations; it's insane. And and the, the, you know, sometimes I, I people think I'm some sort of like 
regulatory maverick that sort of defies regulators uh, on a regular basis. But this is actually not the case. Uh, so, uh, in you know, once in a blue moon, rarely I will disagree with regulators. But the vast majority of the time, uh, my my companies agree with the regulations and comply. Uh, so anyway, so I think I think we should uh, take this seriously, and and we should have. Um, uh, a, a regulatory agency. I think it needs to start with um, a group that initially seeks uh, insight uh, into AI, uh, then solicits opinion from industry, uh, and then pro has proposed rulemaking. And then those rules, you know, uh, will probably, hopefully, grudgingly be accepted by uh, the, the major players in, in, in AI. And, um, and we, we, I think we'll have a better chance of. of um, advanced AI being beneficial to humanity in that circumstance. So, but all regulations start with a perceived danger, and planes fall out of the sky, or food causes botulism. Yes. I don't think the average person yes. playing with AI on his iPhone perceives any danger. Can you just roughly explain what you think the dangers might be? Yeah, so the, 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 the danger, uh, really, AI is um, perhaps... Uh, more dangerous than, say, mismanaged uh, aircraft design or production maintenance or, or, or b bad car production, uh, in the sense that it is, it has the potential. Uh, however small one may regard that probability, but it is non-trivial. It has the potential of civilizational destruction. <laughs> There's movies like Terminator, but I, it wouldn't quite happen like Terminator um, because the, the intelligence would be in the data centers. Right. Uh, the robot's just the end effector. But I think perhaps uh, what you may be alluding to here is that um, regulations are really only put into effect after something terrible has happened. That's correct. If that's the case for AI and we only put in regulations after something terrible has happened, it may be too late to actually put the regulations in place, the AI. So he's been, and he's been saying this for quite a while, even before Tucker, he went on and said that we needed to pause. I don't want to say it was a couple of weeks ago. We needed to pause our advancements in artificial intelligence for now. Um, and he got some pushback on it too, because he was concerned about what it could potentially do to humanity as far as like what he said at the end, when he talked about regulations, regulations usually come after something really bad happens. Um, and with AI, if something really bad happens with artificial intelligence and then they control, you know, anything above and beyond that, you can't really put the regulations in because they control the regulations that could be put in. And I think that's kind of what he was getting at. Um, so more to come with the AI stuff and Elon Musk. I, I don't know. He's a quirky dude. I mean, and he's funny. I, I did. A, I did watch the entire video. He is a funny He's a funny guy and and made lots of jokes about the mainstream media, made lots of jokes about Zuckerberg. Um, he's an absolutely funny guy. And then so last night, continuing on with his funniness. So over the last, I don't want to say like two weeks ago. No, it was last week because we talked about it last week on the live. So NPR, which is news propaganda radio. I don't know what the hell it stands for anymore. They got a label on Twitter uh, that Twitter labeled them as state funded media, which is something that they had openly on their website that they were funded by the government. Um, and so Twitter labeled them as such. They labeled them government funded media. And we all kind of laughed because then they got big mad and they went back and forth with Elon for a few days. And then eventually NPR left Twitter because of it, because they felt like it was a misrepresentation of their citizen of their, their, the, what do they call it? Like their journalists, right. That they felt like that wasn't the case. They had, you know, legit journalists, which we all know is bullshit. At the end of the day, most of the media has 
state-funded media, but the labels continued. And so this week, a whole new set of labels came out with different companies. And one of the main ones that was caught up was CBC. And so CBC, I want to say, I'm not in Canada. I don't watch CBC, but from what I understand from a lot of the Canadian tweets is that CBC is like the United States version of CNN. And so CBC also got a label stating that they were government-funded media, and they also got big mad about it. So according to Canada Proud, which is another like citizen journalist on Twitter, they say CBC announces that they are leaving Twitter after their page gets labeled as government-funded media. Now, Elon was like, well, hey, we were just trying to make it accurate, right? And so Elon responds to it saying, okay, we were just trying to make it accurate, but it states that they are 70% government-funded media. So only 30% of them are actually funded by the people. So he changed it from 100% government-funded media to 70% government-funded media. And then somebody else pointed out that on their website, they stated that, oh, actually, that's not right. Like 30% of their financing comes from the people. And so then he came back. He's like, good point. Generosity is always right. 69% it is. And he labeled CPC as 69% government funded media in the ultimate troll move and just put it up there as if it were, I don't know. And then they left, they were like, fuck this. And they dipped out. And then Trudeau, who is the prime minister of Canada got wrapped into it. And he had something to say about it as well. And here's what he had to say about it. I think it says a lot about the conservative party of Canada. That they're choosing to constantly attack independent media organizations, journalists who are working hard to keep Canadians informed and support our democracy. CBC Radio-Canada serves right across the country, delivers local news and local content in many regions of the country that, yes, has been challenged over the past years, But the idea of adding to that challenges and laying on by attacking this Canadian institution, attacking the culture and local content that is so important to so many Canadians, uh, really indicates uh, the values and the approach that Mr. Polyev is putting forward. And I think it is telling that in order to attack this institution that is important for many, many Canadians. He runs to American billionaires, the tech giants that they continue to defend in committee and in their, uh, in their approach on our legislation to make tech giants pay their fair share. Conservatives are always there to defend them. So when they're trying to attack a foundational Canadian institution, the fact that he has to run to American billionaires for support to attack Canadians says a lot about Mr. Polyev and his values. What a weenie. He's such a weenie. He's a weenie, Sonia. He's just, you saw the picture. I posted this picture to Instagram where he's sitting. He sits like such a lady. He's got his legs like in his knee and he's got his hands. He's just a little, listen, Canada. Get it together. Like, what is with this dude? Now, the majority of people under that video on Twitter also did not agree with him. They they all agreed that the CBC was propaganda, straight up propaganda. Um, and so this isn't necessarily a, it, it's, it's like how we feel about CNN. 
And CNN doesn't have a label yet. I'm only hoping it comes. I understand they're going to be taking their check marks away. So we'll see how that works. Um, but Trudeau's just a weenie. And I, I don't know. They're just going to get over it. They left. Okay, NPR left. Another big uh, news organization out of like South Africa or something. They also left because they got labeled as state-funded media. Listen, we all know that you're paid by the government. And a lot of you even say it in your websites that you are funded by government, by state government normally. We all know. I'd say this isn't some big surprise. I don't know why y'all are acting so shocked. We know you're propaganda pushers. That's all you are. That's the majority of what the news is. Even Fox News pushes its own propaganda. They all push propaganda. And the way that you have to play this game is you got to kind of weed through the propaganda and try to find out what's actually going on. And then now it's getting even worse because now you don't even know if it's true because the deep fakes are so fucking good. You have no idea. So you just got to try and figure it out. But go on, Trudeau. Go on and be mad in, in French, in Canadian. But speaking of Canada, what kind of about Canada? This all started, this whole transgender movement thing started with Canada. I don't know if you guys know, at least with me, it did. Uh, the whole transgender takeover of the biological women. It started with Canada. It started with Hershey's, specifically in Canada. This is when it really started to become content for us. Um, and that's kind of what we're going to, and then it morphed into, obviously, there was the school shootings, and now we're kind of on to the Bud Light, the Bud Light stuff. So the Bud Light, Bud Light had made their um, sponsor, the, the face of their beer for the summer, a transgender female. So Dylan Mulvaney, and I'm not going to show their picture. You know who Dylan Mulvaney is. They made, that's who they did. And it, it backfired. A lot of, of the places, I'm not a stocks person, but a lot of reports from the right and the left are reporting that they're, they have lost six, seven, eight billion dollars since the ad aired. Um, and they are continuing to get hit. Bars are continuing to not order things. Eventually what had happened was the CEO of Anheuser-Busch did eventually come out and make a statement, kind of. So the CEO of Anheuser-Busch came out and he Issued this statement, which was an apology, but not really an apology. It was kind of like a, I don't know if it was damn it. I don't know what the hell he was trying to do. But the CEO of Anheuser-Busch comes out and states as the CEO of a company founded in American's heartland more than 165 years ago. I am responsible for ensuring every consumer feels proud of the beer that we brew. We are honored to be a part of the fabric of this country. Anheuser-Busch employs more than 18,000 people and our independent distributors employ an additional 47,000 valued colleagues. We have thousands of partners and millions of fans and a proud history supporting our communities, our military, first responders, sports fans, and hardworking Americans everywhere. We never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We are in the business of bringing people together over a beer. What you're experiencing right now is something called the peanut butter and jelly effect or the Oreo effect. Okay. It's where you put like something good. Then you put like the little bit of the controversial part and then you end it on a good note. And that's kind of what they did here. They follow it up by stating my time serving this country has taught me that the importance of accountability and values upon which is America was founded on freedom, hard work, and respect for others. As CEO of Anheuser-Busch, I am focused on building and protecting a remarkable history and heritage. I care deeply about this country, this community, our brands, and our partners. I spend much of my time traveling across America, listening to and learning from our customers, distributors, and others. Moving forward, I will continue to work tirelessly to bring great beers and consumers across across our nation. Sincerely, CEO Brent Whitworth. This is Brent Whitworth. And he does. And you know what? To be honest, like, look at his picture. Does he not look like a hardworking beer drinking American right there? He's got like the, the denim shirt. Okay. Then he's got the haircut. He's got kind of the tan. There's the wood behind it. He looks 
like some guy who sits in his in his man cave and drinks Bud Light. So uh, Benny Johnson is the one that first brought this to my attention. So he went in and did some deep diving on Brendan Wentworth. And Brendan Wentworth, when he talks about his time serving his country, he may have been um, military, but he was an operations officer of Counterterrorism Center in Clannensdale Service. He was part of the Central Intelligence Agency. He was CIA. The CEO of Bud Light was CIA. We've had some problems with CIA, especially recently, right? When we talked about JFK and how he was shot and everybody was like, it's just some rando and it wasn't, it was the CIA. Anyway, so he was CIA. And when that news broke, he ended up deleting all of his social medias. So you can't really find him anymore. So the whole thing felt like an apology that was not an apology. I, the whole thing was just weird. And, and America... The majority of Americans jumped on board like there was a full on boycott and it trended. It's still trending. There's still news about it. And it got to a point to where it seems like, I guess, Donald Trump Jr., which I was kind of surprised to find out. I guess maybe I don't know. But Donald Trump Jr. came out on his podcast and made a statement in regards to Bud Light. And here is what he had to say. Totally shit the bed with this Dylan Mulvaney thing. I'm not, though, for destroying an American and iconic company for something like this. Trust me, the memes have been so good. I'm sitting there chomping that like I want it. But like when I actually look into it, I'm not going to blame the whole company for the inaction or the stupidity of someone in a marketing campaign that got woke as hell. The company itself doesn't participate in the same leftist nonsense as the other big conglomerates. I had my team get into the details and we looked into the political giving and lobbying history of Anheuser-Busch. And guess what? They actually support Republicans. In, in woke corporate America, Anheuser-Busch supports Republicans. Last cycle, their employees and their PAC gave about 60% to Republicans and 40% to Democrats. And that's literally almost unheard of in corporate America. My God, listen. <laughs> this boycott of Bud Light has zero to do with Republicans or Democrats. Okay. Nobody, I, I don't care how much money Bud Light donated to Republicans. I don't. And I think the majority of America is probably kind of over that as well. We're kind of over the whole Democrat versus Republican thing. We're at a point now where you've either lost your damn mind in the last four or five years, or you haven't. That's, that's it. And I'm not saying that that's Republicans or Democrats. We're that this that whole spin has got me. First of all, he talks about it being an American-owned company, and it's not. It's owned by InBev, which is out of Belgium. They had a hostile takeover back in 2008. Bud Light, but Anheuser Busch lost their company to InBev, and they lost it during a hostile takeover, much like what happened on Twitter with Elon Musk. So they made an offer. Anheuser Busch turned it down. They weren't going to do it, and so instead they took it to Anheuser Busch's like their stock their. Uh, the board members, their stock members, and said, look, we're offering this huge offer. It's a great offer for you guys. Um, if they don't take it, then you have to go to court. The whole, this exact same thing that happened on Twitter. They put their balls in the corner and then they ended up buying them out. It hasn't been an American-owned company since 2008. So that's my first issue. My second issue is that the CEO of Bud Light came out and made that statement that we read a little bit earlier and really didn't apologize or acknowledge even the um, working American person who is pissed off about this. Again, this has nothing to do with Democrats and Republicans. People feel slighted by this. Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch has always been the beer of the blue-collar man. 
it has always been that way. And so to have, have, um, a TikTok star, Dylan Mulvaney, who is a transgender come out and push the beer, who probably never drank it before in his life was a big slap in the face into a lot of the people that the, the beer was geared toward in the first place. And I'm going to show you kind of an example of that here in a minute. So those are my biggest problems. My third biggest problem is obviously this, the CEO of Bud Light or Anheuser-Busch works for CIA works for the CIA and junior has come out multiple times being like the CIA is a big problem and they're nothing but a bunch of liars. And we need to get rid of the, the three letter agencies. He said it all over his, his Instagram. So for him to come out and do this, it was kind of, it's odd. And I don't know. And somebody in the comments on TikTok had stated that he possibly had stock in Bud Light. And it's very possible. I, I couldn't find anything. It's very possible he has stock in Bud Light. It's very possible they called in a favor. I don't know. Um, what's even stranger about it is he came out with this video and this statement and this stance the week after Kid Rock, who also came out against Bud Light. Remember, he shot it up all along the river. Big video went viral. It was awesome went to the UFC fight with Donald Trump, who is running for president in 2024 and has also kind of spoken on this ordeal in favor of the people versus the company of, of Anheuser-Busch. So it's a little, it's off color to say the least, considering the base of, of junior and the Trumps and Bud Light, but I'm not really sure what he was trying to accomplish. They now, a lot of people are saying that they did not lose six million dollars that their stock is up i don't know how to read stock i'll i just like i said i am going off of what the left media has told me and the right media has told me and both of them have reported the same numbers and so this isn't i don't know how to do any of that but that's what i'm seeing is reported um this isn't just fox news or just cnn this is kind of what they both have been reporting so i, I don't know more to come i don't know if bud light is going to be able to um, redeem themselves from this. They did make almost like a damage control video, which again, the timing of it is really off putting. So they did this whole thing. They caught a bunch of backlash. They, they doubled down on it. We've got to remember that. So they did this. Then they came out with a statement and said they doubled down and they were, we are about inclusiveness and yada, 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 basically a big fuck you to everybody who drank Bud Light, who was unhappy about it. And then this last week, they came out with, hey, look at this video right here. Let me tell you a story about a beer rooted in the heart of America, found in a community where a handshake is a sure contract. Brood for those who found opportunity in challenge and hope in tomorrow. Raised by generations, willing to sip, share, risk, remember. This is a story bigger than beer. This is the story of the American spirit. Let me tell you a story about how you done fucked up. You done fucked up. Okay, you messed up. This video isn't going to help in any at all. Why didn't you lead with this video? Why wasn't this like the, the summer face of, of Bud Light? Like, why wasn't it farmers and cowboys like it's always been? Or frogs? I think they did the Budweiser thing. I love those frogs. They were awesome. We didn't, why didn't we do any of that? I don't know that they're going to come back from this. Somebody on TikTok had stated it too, that 
Um, this is possibly they're just going to, they're going to come out of the backlash and they're going to kind of level out and they might, uh, I don't know. I, I even like with the Hershey stuff that went on for a while and that's kind of leveling out. This is continue Like people are big fucking mad about this. And this is a lot of country stars have a uh, country music stars have removed Bud Light from their tours for the summer. Like this is going to hit them pretty hard. There is the rumor going around that maybe it's potentially possibly they maybe did this on purpose to kill the brand so that they could rebrand it as something else. Um, Moonshadow says, I think they think we have a very short memory. Why didn't they lead with that? I love the Clydesdales. My favorite commercials during the Super Bowl growing up were the Anheuser-Busch commercials. And I, I mean, we lived, I mean, we lived in a small town. All you did was drink beer and cornfields from like 12 on. Um, Jennifer Wazowski says they could have put Dylan on Bud Light Seltzer. That's why didn't they do that? Why didn't they put it on the seltzer beers? That's great. That would be a I bet, you know, I'm not. I bet that's that would have been a lot better. The Bud Light brand was for the blue collar worker, for your cowboys and your 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 um, what do you call it? Like when you your factory workers, right? This is kind of like not Michelob Ultra, but kind of like a Pabst Ribbon. Whenever I think of Bud Light, I think of Pabst Ribbon. They both taste like shit, um, but that's what I think. They just fucking blew it. They might come back. It's possible they might rebrand and try to do something else. But the non-apology is really going to kill them with the people who can hold a grudge. If, if the CEO would have came out and acknowledged saying, hey, listen, I heard you. I heard you. Okay. I, he didn't even have to apologize. Dolly do was come out and, hey, I heard you. Here's what we're trying to do. Here's kind of, we want to include more of this. And, but we're going to do this too. You know, something, this was just, it just failed miserably. And then the, 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 the response just, and then for them to sneak this video out, failed absolutely miserably um so more to come on the bud light i don't know i know a lot of people aren't drinking a lot of people i know here in this town that runs on bud light aren't drinking it either so more to come we'll see what happens there has been more conversations in regards to the transgender community over the course of this week and that was spearheaded by the swimmer named riley Gaines. and riley Gaines had gone to um a school to give a speech about uh, transgender women competing in women's sports with biological women and the unfairness of it all. And she was harassed and chased out. Uh, it was kind of a, it was kind of a big deal. We talked about it a little bit last week, but that kind of conversation has continued. And this week, let me pull it up here really quick. This week, Pierce Morgan had sat down with Katie and I can't remember her last name. She's a representative out of California. She's originally from Katie Porter representative out of California, originally from Iowa she had sat down with Pierce Morgan and they got into the conversation of Riley Gaines and the transgender women competing in biological women's sports. And I feel like Katie thought it was going to go a certain way going into this. Um, and then she was kind of kind of stunned back once the conversation has started. And here's that including Riley Gaines, who I disagree with strongly should be. Should what do you disagree with out of interest? Um, I I think that it should be up to sporting bodies to make the decisions about who but and what how she should What has she said that's actually wrong? I think that what she has done is try to turn this... We talked about people, you know, becoming... Using things to kind of get likes and get clicks. That's not what she's doing. It's I mean, not? I, I've got no truck to write right against personally, but all I've seen her do is stand up for women's rights to fairness and equality. She, has so she, she actually competed her. against Leah Thomas, and it was obviously unfair. 
Leah Thomas won one of the races in the NCAA championships by 50 seconds against a bunch of biological females who simply couldn't keep up. That cannot be right. It cannot be fair. That is something that I trust, I think our sporting bodies should be dealing with. And by the way, Riley is speaking up for herself and that is her prerogative, and I respect her free speech. I think she's speaking up for but pretty much every female athlete in the world. I, I mean, wasn't that, wasn't that the point of Title IX? Title IX in the early 70s was yeah. something that was... Uh, it was a major event in feminism, that we finally have this law that says at colleges, right, and I think high schools too, but definitely colleges, women, women's sports have to be given equal to men's sports so that women aren't get you know, and this led to the WNBA and lots of other stuff. This seems to be the opposite of that. It seems to be so many instances, I think, where wokeness is the opposite of what I grew up as liberals. Liberalism was let's give the women an equal shot. And this is let, let's put a male in the in the swimming pool right, with the women. I don't get it. It's crazy. And meanwhile, trans people who genuinely want to compete at athletics and swimming or whatever it may be, they they're the ones who are suffering here. They need to be found a way to compete fairly and justly. Well, what's your answer then? I think there's one or two answers. I think they either compete against their biological sex, as many of them did before, or you create an entirely new category for a transgender athlete. And then they're able to compete fairly. But what you cannot do is continue to allow more and more trans athletes to start decimating women's records. It, in some cases, irrevocably. It's just not fair. Okay. So that was Katie Porter. She's out of California. And I'm kind of surprised, one, that I agree with that guy on anything. And Bill Maher, I don't... Bill Maher is disgusting. That's what I'm saying. I normally don't agree with either one of those two on just about anything. Uh, but I I found it kind of ironic that we've got two dudes who have made somewhat misogynistic comments. I mean, not misogynistic, but different kind of comments in the past that I never don't agree with, are standing up for women while she sits there and tells them that they're wrong and that it's fair and that it should be up to the refs and... The sport, who, what the hell is a sports? I don't even know what she said. What the hell is that even? Like, why should it be left up to them? It's, it's the, and Pierce said it right on the head. It's not fair. It's just not. And I'm kind of, I, my mind explodes a little bit when we talk about this, how people can sit there with a straight face and tell me that it's fair because it's not your biological male. You are going to be faster and stronger regardless. It doesn't matter. Biological males and biological females are built different and that's done on you know, regardless of what you believe, it's done on purpose, depending on what you believe. They are just going to be faster. They are just going to be stronger. They are just going to beat women in every single sport. It's just the way it is. And it doesn't matter if they do it in a dress or they do it in, in men's shorts and a t-shirt. So I'm, it's, I don't understand the logic behind it, I guess, and, and how they think this is fair because it absolutely isn't. Um, Katie Porter looks like Robin Williams. <laughs> it's I didn't look at her that close. Why are we insulting Robin Williams? Um, but I so I made this video on TikTok, right? And we were talking all about it. And then somebody in my comments said that you need to go look up Mrs. Doubtfire. You guys, you need to go look up how she threw a boiling pot of potatoes at her husband. And I'm like, no, nah, come on. They're like, no, go look it up. So I went and looked it up. 
And I found it. And California rep Katie Porter's ex-husband stands by his domestic abuse allegations that are against her, counterdicting her campaign. Because in her campaign, she is the one that is saying that she is the domestic abuse survivor. But in the court documents, it is stating that she was the one that was actually doing the abusing. So in the ex-husband of California Democrat Senate candidate, Representative Katie Porter, said that he does not recant his domestic abuse allegations against the congresswoman after her campaign said that he did. The allegations against Porter include claims that she dumped hot potatoes on her then-husband's head and smashed a glass that led him to be cut by flying shards. Porter has separately faced accusations of running a toxic and emotionally abusive workplace by former staffers. According to the divorce documents received by Fox News Digital, Porter and her ex-husband Matt Hoffman both filed for domestic violence restraining orders against each other after an April 2013 altercation in the home where they shared while they were legally separated. Hoffman alleged that Porter had hit him in the hit Hoffman alleged that Porter had hit him in the arm, causing a large bruise, dumped boiling potatoes on his head, and ridiculed him as being too dumb to have a cell phone. He said that the congresswoman waited all day and then called the police, then furthermore made false allegations against him 11 hours after the confrontation while brushing their teeth the day the police that were called to their residence. Police arrested Hoffman on battery charges at the residence after the confrontation in 2013. Porter requested the temporary restraining order the next day. Documents obtained by Fox News Digital state that Hoffman regretted making the allegations against Porter in the court-ordered child custody evaluation, but it doesn't specify whether his regret was due to a lack of veracity or another reason. Porter's campaign told Fox News that Huffman had retracted his statement, but Hoffman said he, he did not recant it. His allegations against the congresswoman stand. So she's crazy, and so is he, maybe a little bit. Um it's really interesting that when that fight had happened, they arrested him and not her. There's your toxic masculinity problems, I guess. I, I don't know. But it sounds like what she did to him was a lot worse than what he did to her. She is not a sane person. She is running for Senate. So we'll see. Again, I'm... That's California for you. I'm saying... <laughs> Raquel says, what a bunch of winners. I wonder if she's friends with the hammer dude that attacked Pelosi. Probably. Probably. Christy says, so she played grip ball with the potatoes. Um, <laughs> she's nuts. I don't know. But I just, I don't, the whole thing was very interesting that Pierce Morgan is going to stand there and defend women while she, a California senator, a female, uh, agrees that biological males should go against, but I don't know. The whole argument is just insane. The next thing that I have for today is the Ukraine war leak. And we talked about this last week in more depth of what the documents that were leaked onto, I want to say it was discord onto a discord regarding the Ukraine war. And basically the Ukraine war was, is uh, not going as well as we are being told it was going through the media they are stating that so Ukraine's air force is depleted. They have way more casualties than the Russians. They found the person, the kid that that had leaked these documents out, and they immediately went and arrested him. Nobody really covered what the doc said, except for Tucker. Nobody else really did, but they covered in extensive length the kid where he got the docs, how he got the docs. They're calling it now Russian disinformation. Uh, they're calling it all kinds of different things. But here is the video of him 
being hauled off to jail. They, they ran, ransacked his home and he was set up. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Somebody else had said this too, but here's the video of him being uh, hauled off to jail. A new video that has just come in to Fox News. The young man that you're looking at with his hands behind his head, walking slowly backwards, is Jack Teixeira at his home, outside his home, we, we believe, in Massachusetts. So this is when he was taken into custody. You can see the heavily armored vehicle, uh, and you can see him slowly walking backwards in red shorts and a gray T-shirt um, as this 21-year-old who led this group online was able to access the highest security documents in American intelligence, military intelligence, and then was able to pass it around to his friends. So uh, an extraordinary, extraordinary scene here this afternoon in this breaking news. I'm I'm joined today by Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco and FBI Director Paul Bate. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon without incident. He will have an initial appearance at the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts. I want to thank the FBI, Justice Department prosecutors, and our colleagues at the Department of Defense for their diligent work on this case. This investigation is ongoing. We will share more information at the appropriate time. Sure you will. Listen, what month is it? Sonny, what month is it? April? When was the SCOTUS leak? Fuck, was that like December, January? I don't remember. Months ago? We still don't know who leaked the, the Roe versus Wade opinion decision to the public. We have no idea. We have no idea who leaked that out. Uh, put all the SCOTUSes at risk. One of them got attacked in their home. No idea. And they were like, we're probably, I just read a thing on it. We're probably never going to know, is what they said. So we don't know who leaked the SCOTUS documents, Okay. The media cared more about the leaker than it did the contents. Nobody covered what was in it except, again, Tucker Carlson and Fox News. But nobody else covered it. Nobody talked about what the document said. Nobody talked about what what basically it laid out was, was that the government was lying to us about what was actually happening in Ukraine. Okay? And that Ukraine was not going to win this war. They lied through the whole thing. We don't know who placed the January 6th pipe bomb. How long ago was that? Years? It was 2020. <laughs> I don't time just flies when you're having fun. We have no idea who put that bomb there either. Okay. Jeffrey Epstein's list. We know some of the people on it, kind of, but that list is extensive. We have no idea who's on that list. People diddling kids. It's cool. No idea. 
But in what four days we found this kid sitting in his mom's basement playing Super Nintendo. Actually, I don't know what he was doing. And they arrested him. They circled his house. They kicked in his door and took him to jail. And he's going to jail for a long time. A couple people are saying it was set up. I, I would have to agree looking at the kid. Um, and then a couple people are saying that there is no, that he is a patsy, that he is basically a fallout person for this. Uh, let me find that really quick, that article. So according to Red State article and former DNI Cass Patel, Cast Patel and an article from ABC, they all confirmed that Jack would not have had access to the documents that he leaked. There is also rumbles about it being Russian disinformation. And they are now trying to say that the documents were doctored. But if you've been watching this from the beginning, then you know that Ukraine never stood a chance anyway, even if they were being invaded. If you've been watching this from the beginning and you saw the propaganda and the Ukrainian soldiers doing TikToks and you saw the one lady that posted the picture of this kid and he's all bloody and she's like, look at this, he's a Ukrainian child from war. And then you found out it was actually on a book here in America that was written by somebody else out of like Texas. It was the cover of, I mean, the propaganda was unbelievable. And so it is really hard for me to believe that there really is any kind of war going on in Ukraine in the way that they're stating. So I'm not really sure what the angle with this would be or why this needed to be set up. Uh, but I don't believe that there is any kind of, I don't believe that the war is happening in Ukraine. Like they say it's happening. There are a lot of people believe that there's dumbs that are there. There are tunnels that are there which line up with the fact that we had come out was a couple weeks ago and accused Valdemar Putin of kidnapping Ukrainian children and taking them back to Russia and all of the dumbs. Yeah. See there's in the labs in Ukraine. Yeah. So when the Ukraine war first started, one of the first targets that was hit was right along the border where those bio labs supposedly were the same labs that they're saying that, COVID potentially could have been leaked from. We don't know. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, it, it was interesting. When when they came out and they accused Valdemar Putin of kidnapping children from Ukraine, all the bells and whistles from the dumbs in the tunnels started going off for a lot of us. I saw a lot of it on Twitter. Uh, now there's a lot of people that believe that this is more of a rescue operation than it is a an all-out war necessarily, or that Russia is invading in any sense. Um, and that is stemming from a documentary that, well, we had watched the documentary way back when the Ukraine war started. It was, uh, Ukraine on fire or something like that or underwater. I don't remember, but it talks about when the Ukrainian government, uh, had experienced a, a coup, like it, the Ukrainian government was overthrown by a bunch of not, um, not, uh, not Atsines. I had to be kind of careful here, uh, by a bunch of Atsines and, they had taken over the government and that's kind of what's been going on. And if you look at the media and the way that they reported on Ukraine uh, from 2000, well, from basically since the war back, that's what you're going to see. Even the media covers CNN, CBS, they all covered how corrupt Ukraine was and the money laundering that was going on over there and the trafficking that was going on over there. And then when they announced that Russia was going to be invading, they shut the hell up and they were like, go you, everybody put little Ukrainian flags in their bio. And we're all just sitting here with our mouths agape wondering what the hell happened to COVID because it was gone in 24 hours. So more to come. I, I don't know. I, I'm more to come on, on the Ukrainian stuff. You don't need propaganda if you're telling the truth. And 
all I'm seeing now is just straight propaganda out of Ukraine. Um, Stormin Norman says they keep posting TikTok videos of Ukraine soldiers doing videos and eating while being blown up around them. It's fake. We also watched, there's some live, was, it's cut off now, but there was live footage on Snapchat of Ukraine, uh, Ukrainians who were live on Snapchat, showing people walking around, going to work, sitting in cafes in the very town that was supposed to be getting bombed at the same time with the air. And then we watched the video with Joe Biden and the air raid symbols and even the CNN or was it CNN? No, CBS or MSNBC. The reporter was like, we haven't heard any sirens until all of a sudden Joe Biden shows up and now the sirens are going on. And I think he meant it in a way that was like, they're coming to get the president. But as soon as he said it, he kind of shut down because he realized that it's all fake. So I don't know, but we're going to keep sending a bajillion dollars over there. Uh, D flustered said, I saw a reporter that went to Russia to show that a lot of the kids and families were doing. See, I saw this too. Did you see this, Sonia? We must be in the same telegram group. I saw this too. I saw where the video showed. Yeah, we're not going to show the video. The kids who were originally part of Russia were actually kidnapped and then brought back and they were enrolled in school and they were given medical checkups and they were reunited with their families. And maybe that's just Russian. It's probably Russian propaganda. Like, what are you guys doing? The media doesn't lie to you. Stop it. Stop it right now. Um, Ashley Fulgram says people are posting pictures of the buildings that were supposedly not down or blown up or just fine. The one picture that we found where they were talking about, it was one of the buildings and there was an old woman standing in front of it. If you did a reverse search on it, it pulled up. It was from another war from a few years back. Or it was a propane explosion or something that had happened. It's all, I don't know, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what the end game is. That's where I struggle with. Like, are we going to, we'll just, yeah. With Zelensky live on TikTok all the time. You want to talk about, so Joe Biden and, and, and Zelensky, they're the best of friends and TikTok is such a national security threat. Right. But you're going to let Zelensky over there and make TikToks about how he's going to the white house and TikTok. Bullshit. All of it. It's all crap, which is why we're just, all we can do is laugh. I mean, I know people are scared and people are frustrated and, and you feel a certain way. You got to remember that, that that's the intended purpose of a lot of the media that happens, right? They want you to feel a certain way so that you react. And that way you react. Same thing with Congress. A lot of times, right? You react in a way that you either send them money for donations, or you react in a way that you can click on their video and you like it and you share it with friends. And then you get that ad revenue. It's all really about money when it comes to a lot of the stuff, when it comes to media. And so don't let it get inside, just watch it at a high level and understand that it's probably fake and, and just keep going, live your best life and do your thing. Um, there was a TikTok in Kyiv, Ukraine, where the town center was just fine. And then they'd show the videos of it being blown up. I know. It was everywhere. I think the biggest one for me was that chick on Twitter. She was part of the Ukrainian parliament and she posted that picture of that kid. And somebody was like, no, like this is the cover of this novel, which is written by this American novelist. Like, and they were the same picture. You just, I don't know. Wild Tangent says Putin ended the adoptions of Russian children by foreigners around Ukrainian revolution era. Putin knows about their trafficking. That was one of the things that you can't really deny when it comes to Ukraine either, because again, before this, that was what our media talked about. Ukraine had one of the highest trafficking rates when it comes to child and human trafficking in the world. They talked about it. There was articles about it for days. 
But then all of a sudden now the media is backtracking and you can't find any of the articles on it. And every article is out there is pro-Ukraine and donate, including my own senators who are a bunch of pieces of shit. Senator Grassley and Senator Ernst. Man, they got whole websites for Ukraine, Sonia. Do you know that? I went and saw that See You Next Tuesday. And she's all like, we are USA. Bitch, no, you ain't. No, you ain't. You ain't make, you know, you make no fucking website for the United States of America. You got your Ukraine, but get out of here. She will not be getting my vote next time. Not that it matters. It does matter. I'm not voting. I'll vote for anybody else. I'll vote. I'll vote for a Democrat. Might as well. I already got one. No offense to the Democrats. Just saying. So, uh, Mama's Robin says, I believe that Trump, Putin, and Xi are working together in all of this. There was that video came out with the red folders. Possible. Um, I would tend to believe that more than I would believe what's going on right now, in my opinion, just because I, I can't believe what's going on right now. I can't believe that the president of the United States of our country right now has not had any kind of press conference since he got back from Ireland. He went to Ireland. Our country's on fire and this dude gets on a plane and goes to Ireland and thinks that that's just okay. And everybody just, I just, I refuse to believe that that's where we are right now. I am not proud of a lot of the things that are going on in my country. I have learned a lot of things that the United States did really wrong. Um, but I am still very proud of my country and I do feel like we can come back from this. Uh, we just need to get the right leaders in there and we ourselves need to stop being afraid and stop supporting a lot of like these different things that are going on. So that's it. We're at the top for hour. We are at the top. That was quick. That was a quick hour. You guys, this is it. We're at the top of hour. I love your faces. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed the stories. Um, what else? Today is Tuesday. We are moving. That's right. If you're new here or you're usually here, Shannon is being moved to Wednesday nights because it's summertime and weekends are going to get real busy. So tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, we are going to be live with Ship and Shannon's amazing things you didn't know topic to be announced later because I don't know what we're going to talk about yet. I thought it was going to be sea monsters, but it's not. But that's going to be tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then Friday, we're going to be live at noon again for Fan Day Friday, where we're going to talk about whatever is in the comments, whatever you guys want to talk about. If you've got a topic you'd like to be covered, there is an email address in the About tab. You can shoot that an email, and I will take a look at it. And if I feel like it's something that we should cover, then we'll go ahead and cover it. Otherwise, I'll just look at your comments and read your shit, and we'll figure it out from there. And then Friday night, we're going to be live with an American-owned uh, t-shirt company named Liberty Bell Apparel, and she's amazing. I have like four shirts from her, and I get compliments on them all the time. And that's going to be Friday night. And that's going to be it. Then we're, we're done. For, God, it's a long week. With that, you guys, I love your faces. Thank you for being here. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mom I says hi. And watch out for all of them dear. Bye, guys. Back off. I'll take you on. Headstrong. You take on anyone. I know that you are wrong. You headstrong. You headstrong. Back off, I'll take you on. Headstrong, you take on anyone. I know that you are wrong. You're headstrong. You're headstrong.